So I did like the commuter thing or like a thing that's on you're a newbie commuter and like everyone eventually does this when you commute for your job. And I've heard people do this all the time. And I was like, I never understand this. So I commute into Manhattan, the Bay Apple. Woo, so fancy. <laughs> and on my way home last week, I was multitasking, you know, brought my computer, making some thumbnails for this podcast that we have. And I completely did not get off the train for my stop. <laughs> and I realized two stops later. Cold ground on our wind up on the grid. It's lights out. And away we go. This week's grid vlog. Oh, I didn't get that detail over text. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes it like change the train schedule to like add a town or something. And then right. I'm like, oh, so I remember hearing one of the towns and I'm like, oh, this must be like an extended line. And then I got to the second town and I'm like, no, that's definitely too far. <laughs> so I get I'm off the train it. and my wonderful cousin, I call her and say, you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> Can you come get me? My car is at the other train station. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, to, to your point, like, everyone I know has done this once, at least. I actually think it's a well-seasoned commuter thing. Like, you and I grew up like, our entire childhood taking the train into Manhattan, so we're comfortable enough on a train to just chill out and not actively pay attention. Every person who came to visit who wasn't used to taking a train into the city was always like, okay. We're five stops away. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, just mm -hmm. relax. So, you know, I, even though you took a break and lived in Miami for a while, you are a New Yorker at heart. Yes, I am. But the funny thing is people usually miss their stop because they fall asleep. Yes. But I was so invested in someone else's podcast because I had already listened to ours. <laughs> and and <laughs> editing thumbnails. Like... You know, from my POV, this was so funny because Nicole was just texting me about said thumbnails. We were talking about ideas for this show we're about to record. You know, just normal things we talk about all the time on her train ride home. And then I just get in all caps. I missed my stop. I did not get off the train. <laughs> I continued. And the conductor saw me and definitely knew, like, because my ticket says when I get off. And he looked right. at me like, you, you did the thing, right? <laughs> and I was awake. Yep. I didn't yep. do that today, though. We got off. So, right, stop. Everyone has predictively hit the snooze button on any kind of major announcement. We're more than a week out from a race. We have two weeks until the next race. So we're not getting a lot from any teams. No major real big announcements, no on-track performance updates, lots of rumors, always lots of rumors to fill the gap. So you would think that we really struggled to fill this week's episode, but you would be incredibly wrong because we have been holding on to some of the topics that we are most excited to talk about because we have instead decided to talk about the most relevant things, which is the on-track performance related items from that week. 
So we're excited. Very excited. There's a lot of these segments and topics and some fun games and things today that I've been dying to do on the pod, but races have just been too jam-packed and there's just been too much. But surprise, we have lots and lots of content ideas. (laughs) We kind of like what we're doing here. So today, we're going to discuss what is going on with the Miami GP's new mascots, the paint crew. Nicole is going to give me the five-second challenge, which all the drivers had to do in the recently released F1 video. I'm worried. I don't think I'm going to be good at this. No one is ever good at these. They're so stressful. (laughs) But first, we have to start with drum roll, please. A big new sponsorship. I think we might have the modern version of overall influx of money into F1, like the cigarette brands did historically before that was banned, because Celsius has announced that they are sponsoring Ferrari, making four teams on the grid, predominantly sponsored by three huge energy brands, or Predominantly sponsored by three huge energy drink brands. So can we officially declare that the energy drink wars have begun? Huh? Oh, I definitely think the energy drink wars have begun. If it wasn't already enough with Monster and Red Bull, Mm -hmm. Celsius coming into this game and Mm -hmm. sponsoring and joining up with, of course, Ferrari. Yeah. This is the definite energy drink wars. So if you haven't heard, Celsius is the newest sponsor for Ferrari. They are, we don't have any of the money details of how much they are spending and everything on that, but we'll get into a little bit of how they have suddenly so much cash to get involved in Formula One in a little while. But we do expect, they have teased that there's going to be some on and off track Fan engagement, some activations, their logo will definitely be present at the three U.S. races this year on the livery, starting with the Miami GP. So Celsius is diving into this season, getting involved with Formula One, and I could not be more stoked because my running through my veins is Celsius right now. Yeah, we both drink a lot of Celsius. So... Through all of this, our bias is, this is so exciting. Our favorite energy drink is entering one of our favorite sports. This is fantastic. Um, I thought to set the foundation, we both work in marketing. We both work with big brands on deals like this. One of the most fascinating parts of F1 to both of us is the business sponsorship side of it. So when we saw this, we were like, wow, this is such a great opportunity to talk about why Celsius joining F1 is such a big deal for both F1, but then also for the state of the energy drink market. So to start with, Celsius is a big energy drink up and comer in the market. And that market is incredibly dominated by Red Bull with a big gap and then Monster, and then a big gap to everyone else, essentially. Like, the numbers and figures behind that, I will be referencing my iPad because I don't memorize this stuff, which you could see me do if you watch this on YouTube. By the way, shout out to that. 
So Red Bull's market share as of halfway through 2022 is at about 42% of the U.S. market. And then Monster is at about 30%. And then according to this, the next closest is VPX at 8%. So there's a huge gap in specifically the U.S. energy drink market. And it's predominantly dominated by those two big guns. It is estimated across various statisticians in the, I don't know why that, that's such a hard word to say. I don't think I've ever Statist- said it out loud. Statistician, I can't say it either. <laughs> statisticians. There you go. Yeah. I've only ever read it or thought it or wrote it. Um, that Celsius is about the sixth or seventh biggest market share group, but they're the fastest growing. And interestingly, they are growing the energy drink market. Because the people who are interested in drink Celsius, actually the two of us, don't really drink any other energy drinks, but we do drink Celsius because it's, spoiler, directly marketed at us. Yeah. <laughs> like right on the nose. Celsius is a publicly traded company. They're also a company that puts out a lot of data and information because they're still looking for overall investment. So the numbers I'm about to share about Celsius's growth and their state in the market are coming from Celsius, but they're a publicly traded company, so they technically can't lie about this stuff. But I want you all to know the source. <laughs> so as of this month, they are the number three energy drink with 6% market share, according to them. And they claim that there's 17% of all energy drink sales on Amazon which is second only to Monster at 26%, and Red Bull is 12% year-to-date. Now, why I'm sharing that number that they shared is because I'm trying to show that in some arenas, Celsius is making inroads with the big guys. Now, up until this year, Celsius was a lot harder to find in stores, so their numbers, as I share with the market share numbers, Red Bull's nearly half of the U.S. market share. So it's mostly in-store that Celsius needs to become more competitive. They've upped their distribution. But Amazon's an area where they have attacked the market. And so I think it's very interesting that Celsius has started to make all of these decisions, F1 being one of them, where they're going right after where Monster and Red Bull live and breathe. And one of those is Red Bull. Red Bull is... Red Bulls, (laughs) Red Bull Racing is Red Bull's biggest, most prominent investment. So it's notable that Celsius has said, let's get in on that a little bit. Someone in the Celsius marketing team, like they are following the stench. They're following the clues. They're watching the trends. They're seeing that, especially like their customers, which I guess we'll continue to get into, but have an interest here and... It's interesting that they're starting with the their activations at the U.S. races. I think it's them playing safe because that's right now the familiar market for them. But well, I have some interesting tidbits on that, where I actually don't think this investment is a U.S. based investment. I think it's a global investment for Celsius. So interestingly. Celsius revenue year over year, so this is twenty all of 2022 versus 2021, was up $339 million globally. But three hundred they were up $344 million in North America, which was 126% growth in one year. 
which is absurd. But they were actually down 5 million, which is down 12% internationally. So while it does seem like they're going to do these major activations in for the U.S. rices, which is their staple market that they're continuing to try to go after, they specifically in their investment deck had multiple slides about international expansion. So choosing to go into a sport like Formula One, where technically their European viewership doesn't go down just because the race is in the U.S., so even though they might not be at Miami, Coda, or Vegas, they'll be watching that race and seeing that the Ferrari team has the logo. But I'm going to give you some quotes from their investor deck about international expansion, because this is where the light bulb went off in my head, because my brain was 100% there. It was like, oh, U.S. races, company that does amazing in U.S. But their slide says growing global expansion and what we'll talk about in a minute, which is their partnership with PepsiCo, their distribution provides material new international expansion opportunities. They've also identified key the key European market and are starting in Nordic countries to provide a playbook for further European expansion. So they basically release their products specifically in the Nordic countries in Europe, and they're making all their mistakes there. And then they very clearly have this roll out to the rest of Europe in mind. To me, Formula One screams that that's gonna, that's a sign. If I wanted to roll out an energy drink in all of Europe, a Formula One sponsorship with Ferrari sounds like a great place to start. <laughs> I definitely agree. I think also the big part of this is Pepsi getting involved. So how did Pepsi decide that, like, Celsius, when did that all go down? So I love disruptor companies, and I don't fully know if I can call Celsius a disruptor company because they seem to be following a similar Red Bull monster track. So I don't know how much they're disrupting as much as they're disrupting by their presence existing. Yeah, right. It's like they're just being a disruptor, but it's like they're not, it's not working in the disruptor traditional right. sense that like they're doing something so different that it's like here. It's like, no, they're doing what everyone's doing, but it's working. Right. And there's this key point in new upcoming startup brands where they get the big investment. And what's crazy is we're living in that because Pepsi invested in Celsius. The deal was effective August, 2022. And in all the data I saw, this was a key turning point, was the start of Q3 last year for their spending. What the deal was is that they get an 8.5% ownership, a 5% annual dividend, and they essentially paid $550 million in cash for that equity. And Celsius is now solely distributing through Pepsi. And circling back to my Amazon data points that Celsius was touting, and I said, eh, they kind of have distribution problems. It was really hard before August of last year to find Celsius in any stores. So Celsius clearly needed this distribution partner in Pepsi to start rolling it out. And I think a lot of that 126% year-over-year growth came from the fact that you can now find Pepsi in most stores, in places like Target, Walmart, Kroger, etc. 
They also have deals with hotels, restaurants, all these places that Pepsi can put them that they were not just eight months ago. It's insane how... I'm dollar signs everywhere. Pepsi's making 100%. money. Celsius is making money. It's a win-win for everyone involved. Some other like fun facts and things with this Pepsi deal that's happened. They it's also opened them up to new distribution channels on university locations. They're now at 1600 different university locations and that's just since October 2022. Food service, hotels, I already said airports and healthcare locations because we are dealing with a supplement brand technically. You know. Read into energy drinks and supplements if you just like want an interesting uh, regulatory uh, fun facts. <laughs> that that that's where I'll leave it. Um, but essentially, Pepsi has come in and injected this company with cash, so much cash. And what have they done with that? Well, they have exactly followed the Monster Energy and the Red Bull model of what do we do now they have invested in athletes notably at the end of february they gave jake paul a huge sponsorship deal for his fight they have since 2016 they have sponsored a nascar cup series team but they notably ramped up that deal halfway through 2022 again convenient where they were on the car like the car NASCAR and IndyCar, they change up the liveries of their car all the time based on what sponsor will pay for that specific race. So Celsius was the car for four races last year, which is really notable and all seemed to happen right after this influx of cash. <laughs> mm -hmm. They also became the energy drink supplier of the Mark Cuban-owned Dallas Mavericks and Dallas Stars, so the men's and women's basketball team, professional basketball teams in Dallas. Also a big deal. And now they're sponsoring Ferrari. And that's just a smattering. And I could sit here and be like, all right, what does Monster do? What does Red Bull do? This seems like Celsius says, all right, we've grown 126% year over year. We have all of this cash from Pepsi. Let's go attack all the markets. <laughs> it's a money-making machine. It's so smart. And, like, Ferrari's the perfect pick. Yeah. Yeah. When you sent the announcement, when you shared the tweet with me, my brain was like, thank goodness this is a match made in heaven. It makes just so much sense from, like, ooh. You know, Mercedes and Red Bull have an energy drink. Ferrari wants an energy drink, too. I'm shocked it took them this long. But it makes sense when there's not, like, the third player in, like, right. the market that way. Yeah. I... I don't know how to explain super well, so you're going to have to help me out here. How Celsius's audience is so different from Red Bull's and... Monster Energy, like Red Bull is extreme, yeah. Like, we're gonna get all the skateboarders and the snowboarders and it's like just extreme, intense. Gives you wings. Right. 
And then I don't really know how to describe monster, but I feel like if you just look at how their can is designed, you can think about who would be drinking a monster. But Celsius has specifically targeted 20-somethings, predominantly women, who are relatively affluent, relatively active. Their entire marketing thing is young and hot. Yeah. Is, there's no better way to put it. So to me, the Celsius thing is a big deal. One, because it's fascinating. And we now have the can talk about the energy drink wars. But also because Celsius, to me, feels like the first brand that has identified that F1 has this new, young, predominantly female fan base. And what team has two drivers that I think the just general population would describe as young and hot? It's a perfect branding pair. Yeah. Like, Carlos and Charles? Ferrari? Celsius? Like, I don't think I'm doing a good job explaining this other than just being like, it's perfect! No, I'm definitely, it, it is so perfect. And I think if, even if you're just like looking at those teams and anyone who can, who's ever seen any sort of advertisement for Red Bull and Monster, it's very like, in your face! And like, this is active and we're extreme and like Red Bull like throws people from space back to Earth. And like Celsius isn't doing that. Celsius is like the we're the energy drink that's like based in green tea and you know, like the way that it markets itself is not like drink this and you'll like fly in the sky. It's like drink this and you will be able to be an active normal individual <laughs> because I don't need my energy drink to like make me see sounds. I just need it to like keep me productive. <laughs> so I think maybe that's why it's it's softer is like the word that I want to use and that's why I feel like it's like not it doesn't feel right. It's but it's like it's just lifestyle. selling a different experience. And I think that's also when you're looking at like the three teams, I think when you're looking at like Ferrari, it's so much more like the traditional, like this is the way things are, the classic way, and not throwing you from space back to Earth. Well, how many times have we talked about Ferrari being more style than substance? And I wouldn't say that that's what Celsius is, but Ferrari is all about style and the look. And it's not necessarily about winning, but it's winning, as you say, in the special perfect Ferrari way and like we're gonna make things as difficult as possible for ourselves kind of Ferrari um yeah it's Celsius is a lifestyle brand aimed at well I mean you could work out and it will definitely give you an energy boost but don't you just want to be cool because you're drinking a Celsius whereas the other ones are much more like intense jolts of energy go I have one more interesting data point that I couldn't work into anything we were talking about that I just think might blow your mind. And it's the last data point I pulled that's a visual representation of the influx of cash from Pepsi. Publicly traded company. One of the line items in the public reports they have to give is sales and marketing expenditures. Between January and June, so before the deal is in place, Celsius spent $64 million on marketing. Well, sales and marketing. In the second half of the year, they spent $288 million. What? <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I will give the caveat that in their details, they said that they had some, some legal things to settle, but that only accounted for max 80 million. So really, they still spent, instead of 64 million in the first half of the year, 200 million in the second half of the year. <laughs> Influx of cash. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, just that's yeah, that's so much money. I I am like, what? So I can't fathom that changes. I mean, it makes so much sense why then it's suddenly skyrocketing so much. I I just I would love to see like a detailed. I want to be a fly on the wall in their like marketing meetings of like what their plan is for the next like year or like yeah. when they were you know pitching to Pepsi and Pepsi pitch like by whatever, all of that of like, what, like, what's what are the your plan? What's the three to five year plan? Yeah. I'm, I'm always fascinated by when brands have such a chokehold on a market like Red Bull and Monster do, even though in total, they only add up to 60%. So there's a lot of smaller brands eating at the peripherals of the market share but they really do own this space. So what the monetary investment it takes marketing wise to eat into that is huge. And I just wonder how long they're going to be able to keep it up. But I hope a long time because I want to be able to keep checking back in on the energy drink wars. Well, I came with the numbers. I think you you have such a good wealth of knowledge on past motorsports sponsorship and we keep alluding to the fact that like the last time something was like this was like cigarette money in f1 so can you explain why we're calling this the energy drink wars other than it's a fun silly name and that we get to play up because there, yes. there's some foundation to this of course and it there was a missing there was a hole created within the world of f1 sponsors and energy drinks definitely came in to fill it. So if you're a new F1 fan, you may not know how big tobacco was such and kind of still is a huge, huge sponsor piece of Formula One. Okay, you have to pause there because if someone is not you and me, they probably just heard you say that and went, I thought tobacco was banned from sponsoring F1. Correct. And I will explain that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And big disclaimer, we're not saying that Celsius and energy drinks are like cigarettes. We're Ooh. talking about this from a place of company sponsorship in the sport of Formula One. We're not saying that energy drinks... Money. Right. Company, money... This just happens to be an example uh, of cigarettes and nicotine, and we all know that's not good for you at all. But, so, not saying they're the same cause and effect, but the fact of sponsorship money. Anyway, okay. Tobacco has a very long history and presence in sports. Literally, their first sponsorship ever was baseball in 1876. So, tobacco found incredible ways of getting into the public viewing and zeitgeist very early on. And that was a me almost 
immediate in Formula One. Tobacco and Formula One have been best friends for a very long time. The earliest sponsors being in the 60s, and it's kind of a roller coaster relationship until like 2007. Um, there's been more than $4.5 billion from big tobacco companies to Formula One over the course of their entire existence in the sport. $4.5 billion. And that number was, I think, from the end of the 2021 season, it would have pushed them over. So, like, they're above that now. And that's just, yeah. <laughs> what? $4.5 billion. Um, it feels both, like, it feels like a magical, not real number. So I can't even quantify if that it makes sense or if I thought it was more or less. It's just, like, what is almost $5 billion? Right. And it is over the course of, like, basically 70 years. And a lot of it really picked up from the 90s until the early 2000s because... Surprise! Ferrari gets involved and they have a lot of money! <laughs> but we saw, surprisingly, Marlboro was not the first Ooh, big tobacco company to get involved. First car that we saw was 68 with Team Lotus rolled out a red, white, and gold color uh, livery for Gold Leaf Cigarettes. And I had not heard of Gold Leaf Cigarettes before this. So back in the 60s, Big Tobacco comes in. Drivers are smoking cigarettes while driving. They're on podiums with cigars, with ci with cigarettes. They're big partiers. And it was a great time for Big Tobacco to come in and be like, young men are watching race cars and we're going to be this big name sponsor and we want this young demographic. And it's definitely before a lot of the research into how bad cigarettes and Big Tobacco are for you. And Tobacco decided to come in, be in that public zeitgeist and they kind of just got very comfortable and it exploded. And so many teams and some of the most iconic liveries in Formula One are tobacco related. I mean, like Lotus has multiple. That, especially with the all yellow camel livery that Senna drove, it's unbelievably iconic. We also McLaren. have the, yeah, McLaren MP, the um, MP44. Also Marlboro before they were, McLaren was the big, big partner with Marlboro for a while until they jumped to Ferrari. And that was a whole other big scandal. But basically our big players in the big tobacco world are uh, the Marlboro, which is the Philip Morris company that owns the Marlboro brand, and the British American Tobacco Company. Um, those are the two big players that were constantly jumping in different teams in different forms. And it was as more information came out about Big Tobacco and as teams were getting basically just run by sponsors, the World Health Organizations and all of these different organizations were coming out and demanding that the FIA do something because this is horrible for younger generations and this being promoted in such a public zeitgeist and being like, this is okay when it's literally being causing diseases across the world. So the FIA decides in 2001 to ban big tobacco. They cannot sponsor. It's not allowed. Not going to happen. And then in 2003, they withdrew that ban. Why did they do that? Well, most teams were being funded by 
fake tobacco. And if they pulled that money away, a lot of teams were going to have big issues of funding their teams. And I think it's so interesting and something we forget a lot because we just look at the name of the team. So, for example, Mercedes F1 team. But even a team like Mercedes is so reliant on sponsorship. Ferrari, even though they're predominantly, like Mercedes is predominantly selling Mercedes, but they also sell Monster Energy. So I just think it's something we forget just how much the, just how expensive this sport is, even with a cost cap. So just how important all these sponsors are. So it doesn't surprise me that essentially these tobacco companies were running these teams because of how much money F1 needs to just run. And it, they just kept growing. And I think it's just because Big Tobacco got in so early that it basically grew with the sport. Yeah. So as it expanded, as teams grew, as more drivers got involved, as more races were added to the calendar, Big Tobacco became more profitable because it's growing across the world everywhere. It's making a ton of money in Formula One. Formula One is exploding and everyone's winning. So they're like, well, why would we, you know, oh no, that's, you know, tobacco kills people, but like, we're making a ton of money. And like that, it was very easy for them to just kind of like turn a blind eye. And even when the FIA or when there were regulations and bans put into place, teams and sponsors found so many loopholes about like what would be considered placement on the car. For example, Ferrari literally had the Marlboro barcode on their car until like 2010 when they were required to take it away. And have you ever wondered what Mission Winnow is? Hmm. Right. So <laughs> coming back to 2006, the FIA decides to recommend that Big Tobacco should not be a sponsor to your team. It's not a rule. It's a recommendation. <laughs> and basically all of Big Tobacco and all the teams were like, that's silly, that's ridiculous, whatever, it's fine. So they continue to find different ways, and then the FIA finds ways to tighten up and say, okay, you can't have any sort of this logo, this, different types of things, different states and countries, depending on where races are, have their own regulations. So these companies decide to create new missions. So you'll see Ferrari has a sponsor called Mission Winnow. And when you look up Mission Winnow, they are completely associated with Marlboro, but in a way of it is a company that is invested in making positive change and technology. And that's what you got. That's all you know. McLaren has the better tomorrow, right? Yes. And McLaren has the British American tobacco has their mission program titled a better tomorrow. Uh And these organizations are still the big name sponsors in McLaren, in Ferrari, and you'll see mission winnow on the car. You'll see the slogans for a better tomorrow, depending on the regulations of that country, on the car. And it's caused a lot of backlash and just more, especially with the introduction of e-cigarettes and heated nicotine. And is that considered big tobacco? Teams keep finding ways that they can have these logos on their car. Um, So bringing this back to energy drinks... I think what's really interesting about now having three energy drink teams, not that I think we're going to go the route of banning energy drinks. Red Bull has too much power, even if one day Red Bull just comes out and there's bad health effects for Red Bull. 
we're nowhere close to that. But I think this, we can say right now is the first time that we've had three brands all investing a lot of money in the sport from the same vertical that's not automotive. Probably since, um, I'm ignoring the NFT crypto boom because I just didn't believe it was real. And it popped already. So really since cigarettes, this is the first time that we've had three brands in one vertical, seemingly at least decently investing a lot of money into F1. And I'm just interesting to see how they compete with each other in this arena. I don't think Celsius or Monster are going to buy a team the way Red Bull has, but will they invest more? Are they going to become more prominent? Monster just released their Lewis Hamilton drink. Only... In Europe, though. So I'm really angry because they're promoting it all over my social media, but I can't buy it. Yes, I know this happens to other people all the time, but if someone is listening who's in Europe or somewhere where they do sell the Lewis Hamilton, I will pay you to ship it to me. I'll pay for shipping, postage, your time, and the monster. Please help me. I want to try it so badly. It's peach flavored. (laughs) <laughs> I lost my train of thought because I just got very passionate about wanting yeah, to try so the monster. It will be very interesting to see how the three brands within energy drinks like compete because they can't function the same. They're not the same storyline. Celsius will never buy a Formula One team because they're right? not throwing people out of planes. They're not extreme sports. Maybe, you know what? Never I never say, say never. never. Never say never. You're so very right. I don't think in the next three years. That's a bet. That's very fair, especially with yeah. No, they'll wait till like the next. Let twenty twenty six happen, and then Celsius will be like, eh, maybe later. But like, like not I right could now. see another energy, like a title sponsorship from an energy drink manufacturer, and we haven't even talked about Prime Energy, which is the influencer branded energy drink that's sponsoring everything right now too. So like, this just feels right up their alley. I just don't know if they have that kind of cash flow, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, title sponsor, like two teams with a title sponsor being an energy drink. I could see that in our short term future. Yeah. It'd be, I mean, I think, I honestly, and I, then in that situation, I feel like the best option would be Celsius because I don't foresee one monster ch- like not being a sponsor to Lewis slash Mercedes, but like Mercedes is never going to be Mercedes AMG Patronus. Monster, Monster energy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't necessarily think that, like, you know, Ferrari's not going to be Scuderia Ferrari. Celsius. I don't know. I wonder, with Audi joining in 2026, when they officially take over that team, I wonder if, like, another energy drink brand that's not one of the three we're talking about today comes out of left field and sponsors Audi. Cause that's going to be a big brand. They have shown that they're willing to take money from unconventional places. And, um, which is a nice way of me saying that their current title sponsor is a little sketchy. Uh, so, uh, maybe and so four logo think- will make a, a non-alcoholic version. Well, I think the interesting, like, in all this research I did for this is how big of a boom energy drinks as a market right now are. And Pepsi's making a ton of these investments across the board. 
like Pepsi is the distributor for Starbucks's new energy drink. There was a couple more that are brands doing spinoffs that are exactly what you're talking about. It was there was an alcohol brand that was doing a non-alcoholic energy drink as a spinoff. I wish I kept it because I'll definitely be able to find the source after this. And maybe if editing Brianna remembers, she'll put them up on the screen of the YouTube video. Some of the really interesting things that I forgot. But um, everyone is trying to make energy drinks right now because the market is growing so much. So they're by 2026 and Audi's looking for another title partner. Who knows? Very possible. We, I could also definitely at least probably in the nearer future, like a Grand Prix being sponsored by an energy drink. Yeah, that's a good call too. I also feel like McLaren. Like McLaren just always seems down for another sponsor. And I don't know what's in the Coca-Cola portfolio, but I'd be interested in whatever their energy drink portfolio is and if that becomes an interest to them. Huh. They have to have one. And I can't think of... Who, who makes Gatorade? Oh, and Gatorade is one of the ones. No, because um, Coca-Cola makes Powerade. But yes, because Gatorade's also making an energy drink. Because I've, yeah. Um, huh. This is where I will cut. Yeah, no, but I need to know the answer to this right now. I, I need to know. Right. Like, Coca-Cola has to have an energy drink body armor they have a coffee they have protein drinks they have to be sponsoring an energy drink what is a lemon doll there are so many brands here that i just don't know hard seltzer oh they're topa chico wow they don't what unless unless powerade has one Oh, they tried to do that one with Coke. They literally tried to make one. Products. Oh, Coke has a 17% stake in Monster. There we go. That's what it is. The two have a close partnership that stems from a deal in 2015, which saw Coca-Cola take 17% stake in the company and involves certain distribution agreements. So the same way that Pepsi does distribution for Celsius. Yeah. Um, huh. who, who does, does Red Bull own its own? Yeah, Red Bull is by distribution. itself. I think, wait, oh, that I don't know. Does, this is just a Pepsi, Coca-Cola are considered Red Bull's biggest competitors in the beverage industry. They, Coke then tried to make a Coke Energy and it has been since discontinued. But yeah, they have a partnership with Monster. There is a Red Bull Distribution Company. Of Red Bull is. Distribution Company was established to exclusively distribute Red Bull products and provide world-class market execution. Red Bull's whole shtick in every market is we will do it ourselves, we will do it better. And they can! It's crazy! Just, it's, it's like a macro version of what's happening in F1 right now to bring this back to on track where Red Bull says we're tired on of relying on other people. We're even just going to go make our own engines. <laughs> we, it's such the, 
the Infinity War meme with Thanos grabbing the gauntlet and going, fine, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. (laughs) I'm sure if I dug more into this right now, the reason Red Bull does their own distribution is because I'm sure they were fed up with other people doing it for them poorly. And they were like, fine, I'll do it myself. Like, we need a sounder. Voiceover guy, this is directed exclusively at you that we're going to have to do a recording session and you will have to do the fine, I'll do it myself. Because that is the Red Bull sounder. <laughs> Everyone look forward to that in future episodes. Because oh, I just got I'm all so... clammy. <laughs> I don't know why. This is so low stakes. It is. There is zero stakes in this. Okay. So Can I've been dying to play this on the pod ever since I saw F1 posted this. But a couple of weeks ago, Formula One, and they do from the media day, and they'll release them throughout the season, they'll film, like, very funny challenges with the drivers and, like, post them throughout the year. And they did a five-second challenge where they gave the drivers five seconds, and they would give them a topic, and they needed to name three things related to that topic. So I have compiled the list of the questions or the topics that the drivers were given and a couple of extras from my brain. And I'm going to challenge Brianna to name three whatever in five seconds. And for context, I did watch this video when it came out a month ago now. Yeah. But I... Purposely, because I thought it was better for content, did not rewatch it. So I don't remember any of the topics that are coming my way. At all. And I'm nervous. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. So we're going to start with the ones that the drivers did. Because that's this whole segment and this bit. And also because I think mine are more fun. (laughs) So... Post Brianna will have a timer on the screen. So if you are only listening, you'll hear a buzzer at the end of five seconds. But if you're watching, you can see it. All right. I will be watching the clock. When I say go, you will have five seconds. Well, you have to tell me what it is. I know. I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. You have five seconds to name. Three apps on your phone. Go. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube Studio. I don't know why. Good job! Third one was literally we're at four seconds when you finished. So I could have just said YouTube, but instead I specifically said YouTube studio. (laughs) Okay. Tell me you run a podcast without telling me you run a podcast. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Can you name in five seconds? Three athletes that are not in F1. Uh, Nick Foles, Jalen Hurts, Miles uh, Sanders. I get a... I don't think you made that. That felt like it was cutting it real close. Okay. Uh, I feel like I heard Jalen Hurts at five seconds. So, you know, we're not keeping score here. <sighs> okay, okay. All right. In five seconds, can you name... Three parts of an F1 car. Uh, wheel, wheels, wing. Um, did you wheel. say wheels, wheels? 
No, I said wheels, wheel, like steering wheel. Okay. Yeah. You know, I literally was like, I thought at first I thought you were gonna just name three wheels. Okay, see that would have been funnier, but I can't be this funny on the spot. It, no, but to do that, I would have had to say like right front wheel, left front wheel. Like that's too many words for five seconds. You could have also said tires, but no wheels, wheel wheels. Look, it's five seconds. I right. can't explain what my brain is doing. Okay. Name. Okay. I'll give you a second. <laughs> Five seconds goes so fast. Because it yeah. takes your brain like three seconds to process whatever I'm saying. I haven't realized it takes so long for me to say words. Mm-hmm. Like, we- Okay. Three drivers on this year's grid. Go. Lewis, Carlos, Charles. Good job, good job. That button was at just at the end of five seconds. You did it, you did it. You had two seconds to spare. I would hope so. So the drivers were asked to name three American states, but I'm not going to ask you to do that. Instead... That makes sense. I'm going to ask you to name three foreign countries. Go. Italy, England, Monaco. Is that a country that's a principal France? End of five seconds. and uh, Yeah, I guess. that. Good job. I had I panicked in the middle there. I was like, does Monica count? Let me just let me discuss whether I should have just said the other country because of time. <laughs> and to no, be clear, I, we'll have a conversation. <laughs> I the funny thing is that I could be looking at our recording timer right now, but I think that's just gonna get in my head. So instead I'm like blankly staring into space at your face and but i'm not really looking at your face i'm just kind of like glazed over to try not to, to get distracted <laughs> okay now we're going into extras from my brain okay please name in the next five seconds three star wars characters han leia chewy where'd it go wow it's the like- problem is all of, like star wars is in threes <laughs> so and I went with Chewy, but I really should have said Luke. <laughs> but like, so like Hanley Luke, Ray Finn Poe, Obi Wan, Anakin Padme. But now I'm on a Star Wars. Now thing. we're showing off. <laughs> well, it wasn't within the five seconds. It's fine. We'll humble you. Maybe now. Three Taylor Swift songs. Go. Uh, look what you made me do. Don't blame me. Be jeweled. Wow. Oh my gosh, variety. No, I don't know why I started to look at what you made me do because I was so low on my Taylor Swift like list, but for some reason that was all that came to my brain. Like the longest title. I know. I literally was in the middle of saying the title and was like, this was a mistake. And as someone that you enjoy, so it goes, and that's like a hot take in the Taylor Swift world, such a short name. That's a hot take? Fun fact, very hot take. People were not, people don't like that song. And I'm like, hello? Have All right, you... we have to talk about that off Right, pod. I know, it's not non-pod. This is working a muscle in my brain that I am loving. This is such a fun game. <laughs> I knew you'd love this. <laughs> I'm just, I'm also way too competitive. Three Marvel movies, go. 
Endgame, Infinity War, The Marvels. Does that count? It hasn't come yeah, out. Yeah, it's yeah, that counts. Even if we haven't I watched the trailer this morning. Seen it yet. <laughs> That's it's a Marvel movie. Very okay. random where your brain goes. <laughs> Did you say Infinity War Endgame the Marvels? Yes. Remember when well, Black we Widow got a movie, Brianna? Yeah, and my favorite, like, Iron Man's my favorite. Yeah, 100%. So many different ways I could have taken it. But we were talking about Thanos earlier, so I did the two. I mean, they're- No, those two make sense. Like, Infinity War, Endgame. The Marvels! <laughs> like, I was what? watching the trailer just this morning. <laughs> it was front and center. <laughs> my last one. Three current drivers that have won an F1 race literally ever go. Uh, Max, Charles, Fernando. Why did my brain go there? You don't say Lewis! I know, because, so when you started qualifying it... I thought you were going to say within the last year, and my brain didn't process ever until I hit the third driver, and Fernando, old, and, but still, like, I, literally, I'm listening, like, you're saying it? I'm not even trying to make excuses here, and I'm like, well, Lewis, but she's not going to make it that easy, because Nicole's not going to give me a Lewis question. And it was. I was, literally, this was one of the last ones I wrote, and I was like, this is going to be hard. Five seconds is so fast. She'll be able to get this one, because she'll probably go, Lewis, Max, Fernando is what I expected you to say. But that's okay, Lewis. I remembered that you won a race. Not that Brianna forgot, but she just didn't name you. <laughs> Me and my Lewis Hamilton hat. Just... Right. Like I wasn't. She's not going to say ever. There's no way. Like ever. <laughs> That's embarrassing. So, because I love talking about all things Miami GP, because it holds such a special place in our hearts. Did you see that they, I guess, announced like a mascot or mascots? They posted a video announcing, and they had been teasing something like big announcement for a really long time, and they announced and introduced the F1 um, Miami Grand Prix pit crew, which is like four people in teal racing suits and all different Miami Vice-ish racing helmets? Yes. I, I did see this. I'm admittedly very confused. Uh, for context, they announced this March 17th. This has just definitely been on our list of can't wait to talk about. Save it for the pod. Eventually. So I'm excited we're, we finally got here. I am confused and conflicted. But I know that you love mascots. So like, I first just kind of want to hear how it landed for you as someone who has spent a lot of time in Hard Rock Stadium, who loves Miami and loves like mascots and like things like this. Like, did it work? Did it land? Kind of? I don't know. I I love silly nonsense. Yes, I love when official organizations, particularly sporting organizations, do silliness. 
And what do they use to do their silliness? They're mascots. <laughs> and Formula One is so serious so much of the time, except when it's like, I guess, making fun of itself or like, it's just never finds an opportunity to be just silly, I guess. And Miami introducing this Power Rangery, non-speaking mime race pit crew is so random, but I'm here to see whatever they do with it. I can't, I can very much see why people are like, what's the point of this? I want more of it, but it makes me excited because I love mascots. They're so ridiculous. I just, I do love seeing people say, what's the point of this? Because my rebuttal to it is, well, what's the point of every mascot? Because mascots' whole point, yeah, yeah, money. <laughs> and just generally being goofy, silly fun. So, yeah, I think I was on board. What is confusing for me is exactly what you said. F1 takes itself so serious. And they have priced the Miami GP at an absurdly unattainable price. They've essentially said, don't come here unless you want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. You know what doesn't scream luxury celebrity experience to me? Three random guys in Miami GP themed race suits? First off, it's four. So, oh, excuse me. Yes, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, actually, that kidding. bothers me more. Things in four is like, it's just a bad image. You can't, whatever. I'm, I'm being a, you know, design person. But, uh, I just, this is what I want the Miami GP to be. I want it to be goofy, silly mascots. And the video of all the different places they chose to come from in Miami including one coming from Versailles. And like, they seem, whoever put this together seems to understand the cheesiness that you need to pull something off in Miami. But year one of the Miami GP did its darndest to convince us that it was not in Miami Gardens, an hour north of South Beach. And that this is a luxury, like celebrity experience. And the pricing this year said they weren't gonna move from it. So, I'm just frustrated because I want it to be this, but it is so off-brand for what they are billing F1 in Miami as. I can see that perspective of it, but I like to see this piece of it as the Formula One F1 trying to do more like fan-focused things. Like, yeah, you can, and it is ridiculous. The Miami GP, the pricing is insane. Like, do more of this and reduce your ticket prices, and then maybe they would be sold out like other races are. I don't know. Maybe ticket prices go down. Maybe we'll go. I don't know. Someone invite us. I want to take a picture <laughs> with the pit crew. <laughs> oh my gosh. What if, look, Nicole Katz is the perfect person to have creating content with the pit crew all weekend. Like, you running around with these four guys in this race suit creating content all weekend would be some of the most absurd content. I In the best way. Like, absurd and, like, that would be unbelievable. Unhinged. Fun. It would be great unhinged content. 
Make me uh-huh. team principal of the pit crew. Welcome to Yellow Sector Notes, not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock hitting every F1 garage. All right, off. We have this long break, spring break, one would say. There's actually not a lot of notes, so I had to stretch here for a couple of these, so bear with me. Red Bull released what I can only call a Daniel Ricardo retirement celebration YouTube video promoting Yeti coolers. They really like to talk a lot about not racing. Ferrari's team principal, Fred Vasseur, believes that Red Bull's penalty for breaking the cost cap in 2021 was not harsh enough. Welcome, Fred. Welcome to the real world. We're happy to have you here with us. Ferrari also submitted appeal for Carlos's penalty. I'm sure that will go great. Alpine is rumored to have six tenths worth of upgrades coming to Animala. If you're hearing rumors about upgrade times, It actually worries me more than it excites me. (laughs) McLaren is revealing their special Indy 500 livery with their IndyCar team at the Long Beach GP this weekend. The livery is to celebrate McLaren's 60th anniversary and the Motorsports Triple Crown. So this likely means on the F1 side that we're gonna get a special Monaco livery for the McLaren team this year. Aside, the Motorsports Triple Crown is winning the Monaco GP, the Indy 500, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Because the Monaco GP and the Indy 500 are always scheduled on the same weekend for the last a lot of years, you technically can't win the Triple Crown in a calendar year, but you can still win the Triple Crown. And fun fact, Graham Hill is the only driver who has ever completed a Triple Crown. He won Le Mans in 1972, He won the Monaco GP five times, his first in 1963, and he won the Indy 500 in 1966. Now, Aston Martin doesn't do things on off weeks, so my Aston Martin note for this week is that Fernando Alonso has been very vocal about wanting to win the Triple Crown in his career. So he has won Monaco, he won it in 06 and 07. He did win Le Mans in his time off from F1 in 18 and 19, and he's raced in the Indy 500 three times, but hasn't won it. He raced there in 2017, 2019, and 2020. 2017 is the closest he's ever come to winning it. He qualified fifth, um, and for context, uh, the Indy 500 normally has 30, 40, 50 drivers participating in it. It's not like a F120. So qualifying fifth is a huge deal, especially as a rookie. He actually led the race for 27 laps, but ended up having to retire due to an engine failure. His 2019 and 2020 entries were less spectacular. He failed to qualify in 2019 and finished 21st in 2020, but he did finish that race. Based on his quotes, I think it really depends on Fernando Alonso's mood about whether or not he will try the Indy 500 again, because it goes back and forth. Tangent aside, I'm really sorry. It's been a slow news week. That's the best I could do for these teams. But ask, um, not Aston Martin, Williams announced a new leadership hire for their team. It's a chief revenue officer. He's moving from his role as SVP of global partnerships with UFC, and he's going to be responsible for marketing and partnerships with the Williams F1 team. AlphaTauri's technical director, Jody Eggington, gave quotes this week. It's actually really some of the only non-Ferrari quotes we got. And his quotes essentially said that everything is fine despite all of the public criticism that the team has been getting from Principal Franz Tost. Lastly, Hulk and KMag both announced new sponsorship deals this week. So I think things are going well at Haas. 
And that is my meandering different gridwalk for April 13th, 2023 completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? I think that aside, and I'll blame Aston Martin for this, kind of slowed you down. And I feel like your Celsius is wearing off a little bit. <laughs> yes, I, I concur. So we want to give a big, big thank you to voiceover man. Thank you to whoever within the F1 marketing team thought of doing the five second challenge with the drivers because that was so much fun today. And to our four legged executive producers, make sure you turn on auto downloads. And before you leave your app that you're listening on, rate and review the pod. Give us a like. Let us know what you are enjoying or what you'd like to see us try out. Give us some five second challenge ideas and we would love to play that again. Everyone on Apple Podcasts, pretty, pretty please. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We really want to improve our show. Make sure you're following us on every social media platform that you use. You really don't want to be missing our F1 Spring Break content. 25 days of F1 sponsors. So at Gridwalk Show for your daily Gridwalks. And we will be back every Thursday. And we hope <laughs> we will be back every Thursday. My Celsius is wearing off. And we hope you will join us. But today kind of felt like a grid dash and not a grid walk.